Good morning, church. So I would like to invite you open your Bible in the book of Jeremiah, Old Testament, chapter number 1, verse 1 through 19. Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 1 through 19. It's in the word of the Lord. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim and the son of Josiah, king of Judah. And until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the cap captive of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrate you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Our Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all, for, for to, all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put, put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a moon branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord. And they shall come, and everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all, all around and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them, for all their evil is forsake me. They have made offerings to all the gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. But you... Dress yourself for work. Arise 
and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kingdom of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they, but they shall not prevent against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord to deliver you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, we ask you in this moment that talk to us, Father. Speak to us through the preach of your word. Because we do believe that you speak to us, speak to us through the Bible. And show Jesus Christ why I preach your holy word. That's my prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, let me, let me give you um, some necessary information about the context of Jeremiah. We know that the beginning of the monarchy in Israel was through uh, Saul, David, and Solomon. Thus, the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, that were separate, but that moment were unified. However, after King Solomon's death, the kingdom of Israel was divided into two kingdoms. In this division arose the northern kingdom and the southern, southern kingdom. After Solomon's death, his son, I practice a lot these words. I will try, okay? Roboam, if you, but you understand what I mean, right? Roboam took the throne and divided the kingdom into two might be for political, financial, or religion dis disputes. Rehoboam was responsible for the southern kingdom, which include Judah and Benjamin. The north, northern kingdom was dominated by Jeroboam, the king of Israel, who was comprised of the other ten tribes. For that moment on, Jeroboam gave himself totally to idolatry. The kingdom of Israel, that is the northern kingdom, gave itself entirely, entirely to idolatry as well. In the history of the northern, northern kingdom, there have been 19 kings who were corrupted and sinned against God. All did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. The southern kingdom with Rehoboam also had 19 kings. And among these kings, eight kings did what was right before the Lord and tried to obey and follow the word of the Lord. And one of these, one of those kings was the young King Josiah. Josiah ascended the throne about 
eight years was a child, but a child included to know the God, the Lord God, to know his God. The prophet Jeremiah was contemporary of Josiah. Around two years to a year apart, Jeremiah observed and saw the awakening that took place in the period of the king Josiah. In the period of the king Josiah, Hilkiah or Hikiah, what was that? Hilkiah, thank you. I'm still in process. No problem. Help me. I really appreciate that. Hokiah. Where am I? Hokiah. Who was one of the priests who discovered the book of the Lord and gave to the king of the king Josiah. And by the way, Hilkiah was not the father of Jeremiah, as we saw. That was another Hilkiah. Josiah was overwhelmed by the truth of God's laws. Thus, he called the people to turn to God in repentance. Because God had already destroyed the kingdom of Israel through the Assyrians. Then the king of the king Josiah, seeing all that happened and being struck by the law of the Lord, fears the Lord, unless they fall into the same fate as kingdom of Israel. He called to the people, he called on the people to repent and seek the Lord. Moreover, thanks be to the good Lord, mercy reached Josiah's generation. Nevertheless, a prophetess named Huda prophesied that God was pleased with Josiah. Yet, God, God would not extend the prophecy to all the people. However, God said that he would have been pleased with Josiah because he humbled himself before the hand of the Lord, repented, and, and sought the face of the Lord. God said that upon that generation, and that as long as the reign of Josiah was established, the wrath of the Lord will not be poured out. That is written in the book of 2 Chronicles 34. When Josiah, the King Josiah fought, when King Josiah fought in the battle at Megiddo, he was killed in that battle. Then King Jehoiakim took over the king of Judah. That calls us our attention, brothers and sisters, that the awakening that happened through Josiah did not reach the deepest soul of the population. And it seems that it had been something very superficial among the priests, the leaders, and the people. Josiah was devoted to God, yet the people were better in idolatry, in spiritual adultery, and the customs that the other kings had established in the southern kingdom. 
The people still loved their idolatry and were inclined to disobey the law of the Lord rather than obey it. Moreover, in this context of total idolatry, where priests, political leaders, and the nation as a whole was distorted and diverted from the ways of the Lord, God raises a man named Jeremiah. Jeremiah means those who the Lord God calls. The, the test that the Bible says and teach us the call of Jeremiah. During this dark period, said God raises Jeremiah not to bring promises of peace, blessings, or prosperity. He was known as the prophet of judgment. The prophet who prophesied the Babylonian exile that was to come. The punishment that was approaching. Jeremiah's message was basically for the people to submit themselves to the hand of God. To the divine judgment that was inevitable. Coming from the people sins. Furthermore, it is through Jeremiah's call, call that we will learn this morning about the true prophet. And I'm going to dwell, stay on the verse 4 and 5. The first point this message is that God knows the true prophet. Notice that God himself is saying, I knew you. God knew Jeremiah even before he was formed in the womb. And I like this verse very much, brothers and sisters, because in this passage, it did not say that Jeremiah formed himself in the womb. Rather than the Bible says that God said, I formed you in the womb. That is one of the Bible texts that's to combat or combat combat abortion. Because there is life at conceptions, brothers and sisters. And whoever generates life in the womb, the woman's womb is God himself. When leaves are murdered in the woman's wombs, People who practice or consent to it are seen against the Almighty God. I formed you. And before I formed you in the womb, womb, I knew you. The Hebrew verb to know here brings the allusion or connotation of something much more than knowing something about it. Or just have a piece of knowledge about something. Or some prior knowledge based on, the, on technical analysis. But the idea of this verb is based on the most relational knowledge. Before the world was created. God being sovereign and eternal. He related to Jeremiah. He met Jeremiah. 
To be honest with you, I don't know how can I explain. Even my own language, I don't know how to explain that. Imagine the English. But this happened. God is sovereign. Before Jeremiah was formed in the woman's mother, God knew him deeply. Because God is God. And God predestinated Jeremiah to work for a mission. That mission would be to face a divide nation, rebellious nation, and one, one nation was far away from God. The kingdom of Judah was heading into exile, just as it was with his brothers from the kingdom of Israel, who were taken into Assyria cap, cap, captivity. Captivity. Now the exile would be the Babylon exile. By the way, before I got California, I was talking to brothers for another state. And I said, oh, pray for me. I'm going to study in West Mist, uh, California Seminar. And they said, okay, brother, be careful. Because we are going to live in the Babylon of the United States. <laughs> I said, What? I have shared with some elders here, and they tried to explain to me what that means, and I got that. <laughs> but the light needs to shine in the darkness, right? Amen. If they think that. So, God predestinated Jeremiah to work, who would take. Now the exile would be the Babylonian exile, brothers and sisters, which would be inevitable. Where they would be held captive for 70 years, seven zero, 70 years as a punishment, punishment for their disobedience. One thing I would like to share with you. God knew Jeremiah, not because he saw that he would be the prophet, but because God knew him, he became a prophet. I understand that because it is necessary to pay attention, brothers and sisters, to a false teaching that has spread a lot. If my mind does not fail, fail but I think so. By the year 2004, this is happening in Brazil like a lot in 2004. I think happened here as well. I'm not sure. But do you remember what happened or that occurred in 2004 when there, uh, the, the, the tsunami um, occurred in Indonesia? I think it was 2004. In, in this period, a, 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 a theology known as relational theology or also known as open Theism spread. I think this happens well here because in Brazil we thought we fought against this at that time. Many where many affirmed and neutralized the sovereign attributes of God under the pretext of say that God wants to relate to his creation and he relating to his creation, he cannot exercise or execute 
his attributes, such as sovereignty, omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience or omniscience. Omniscience. This, this group said that God, if God is sovereign, this group, not me, okay? That group said, if God is sovereign, he cannot relate to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because if he wants to relate to me, he has come to the time and space where I live. That is, not to be sovereign. He cannot know of the tomorrow or decree tomorrow. My decisions build my future together with God. Because God is the architect of history together with the human beings. The human being. So God and I are building the history of humanity and my history through my decisions. The base of this false teaching is to extol God's love at the expense of his sovereign attributes. If God is love, judgment, punishment, catastrophe in the world are not decrees of God, but come only as a consequence of the decisions made by human beings. Therefore, God should not be blamed for the tsunami that happened in Indonesia in 2004, said the defenders of this erroneous teaching. Brothers and sisters, this teaching is erroneous because it wants to place the human being at the center of the universe of decisions in the history. God is the Lord of everything and everyone. He determines all things in the heavens and under the heavens. God sits on the throne and rules over all things. The Lord who determines all things because Jeremiah's own context confirms it. When God says that I have no year further ahead, God speaks in the second vision of their fervent scent. Paul turns from the north. The judgment is coming. God himself decreed the, the coming of the king of Babylon to take the inhabitants of Jerusalem into the captive as a result of their disobedience. And it was God himself who decreed that judgment should not come in the period that should not come in the period of the king Josiah. All things brothers and sisters, all things good or bad are under God's sovereign control. We are not alone. God's still in control. The Bible says that. The base of the God's relationship with Jeremiah was not because God saw that Jeremiah was going to be an obedient prophet or whatever work Jeremiah might 
have done. The base of God's relationship with his people will never be meritorious. Brothers and sisters, what burden do we have before God? What can we do that will draw God's attention to us? What can we do to contribute to our salvation? Oh, oh, what do we do? Oh, do we think that we can find God by ourselves or for ourselves? Brothers, no technology or space program can cover the entire universe. And one day, they might even say they have found the throne of God. No. Not, don't, no. God is not hmm. findably, findable. Yeah, God is not findable. You cannot like certain, okay, I find him. No, God is not findable. That's a beautiful word, findable. It is God who allows himself to be revealed. It is God who lets himself to be revealed. God is the one who relates to us. God is the one who does the first action. And in fact, he's also the reaction. Because we have heard many times, give it the first step, God will do, will do the second. No, no, the second, the third, the fourth belongs to him. Everything starts with him. Everything is from him. Everything happens for his glory. Brothers and sisters, God revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. His beloved son, our savior, our Lord. Today we can know the creator God, the almighty God, our eternal father and kindly father because of Jesus Christ. Today we have access to the Father because of Jesus Christ. Today we can listen to the voice of God because of Jesus Christ. We can see by faith God's faith face through Jesus Christ. Today we are known by God and we can know him in Jesus Christ. Remember Paul's words in the second letter to Timothy. 2.14, but, God, but God's firm foundation stands, bear this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. God knows his people, and his people know him. Through Jesus Christ. Remember the words in Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For those whom he foreknew. He also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. And in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. God spoke to Jeremiah to stand firm. And warned him that he would fight kings and priests for God placed him as a bronze wall before them but 
May Jeremiah have known that God was with him. Jeremiah's ministry covered nearly 40 years. And probably almost no one was converted. Let us not forget, brothers and sisters, let us not forget that he had been called to be the prophet of judgment. He would be the prophet that God would use to bring the message of judgment. Moreover, God would be with him in this challenge because God knew him. God knows the true prophet. In the verse 5, we can learn the second point that God consecrates the true prophet. The Hebrew word here is the same that the prophet, prophet Isaiah used to say in chapter 6. Holy, holy is the Lord, the Lord of hosts. That is to demonstrate that Jeremiah would be set apart for a specific work. And that work would be a, nearly, like I said, 40 years. That is why Jeremiah was set apart, consecrated, cons, con, consecrated for this mission. And that mission included rebuking priests and the nation of Israel as a whole and see their people being taken to Babylonia. And for another five years, Jeremiah, who had fled as a refugee in Egypt, continued his ministry by sending letters of rebuke, consolation, encouragement, and future promises to those who were exiled. In verse, nine, in verse 9, it says that God stretched out his hand and touched Jeremiah's lips, mouth, and said, My word I put in your mouth. This divine touch this sanctified touch changed everything. What was impure is sanctified. What was dirty is purified. And today, this separation from all of God's people, that church has been sanctified to be an instrument used in the hands of the Lord God. Today, brothers and sisters, God calls his people to sanctification. And thank God this is possible. Yes, not by our own merits, but we have been given each in the Christ Jesus. As it was with Jeremiah, so it will be with us. It was not in us that we sanctify ourselves, but God that sanctifies us. Remember in John 17, when Jesus in his prayer, he said, for their sake, I consecrate myself that they, may, they also may be sanctified in truth. Sanctific sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
The false prophets in Jeremiah's time said that God would not punish the kingdom of Judah. They said that we will have times of peace. They used to say peace, peace, peace. But there is no peace. The people that they said and they believed that God's punishment of the northern kingdom was because the north kingdom of, because of Jeroboam put Samaria or Samaria, Samaria as a nation, capital nation at that time. And they said, not us, we, we, we did different. We put our capital is Jerusalem. We saved. But the problem of the two kingdoms was not about where they established the capital, but in disobedience to the Lord's commandments. Brothers and sisters, God knows the true prophet. God consecrates their true prophet and finish God constitutes the true prophet. God takes Jeremiah's life and puts him in a highly challenging position. But when God constitutes or constitutes and wants to do something in someone's life, he does. Jeremiah lived in the village of Anathoth. Five miles northeast of Jerusalem. It was a village of the prophets. And all the prophets were contemporaries of Jeremiah. Countless prophets. However, God chose him. Chose this man. He was the son of Hikiah. He saw awaken in the time the king, the king of Josiah. To exercise one of the most challenging ministry of the Old Testament in the period of intensive punishment for the people. God himself had constituted Jeremiah to overthrow nations, kings, and leaders. However, even so, Jeremiah also suffered a lot. They threw him into a hole, beaten by all the prophets, and the false prophets always acted against him. That teaches us that even though God calls us to salvation, brothers and sisters, it does not accept us from suffering or the life of suffering. Moreover, the fruits of Jeremiah's ministry began to appear long after his death. Because Jeremiah's words were God's message. Furthermore, God's message will never get through. See, look at the example in the book of Daniel. Daniel, which was, which was there in the Babylon exile, chapter 9. Daniel says that he was analyzed, reading the writings of the prophet Jeremiah. And Daniel understood that the year of desolation that would afflict the people would be seven, 70 years. 
Daniel said he would begin to pray and seek God to understand God's message through the Jeremiah prophet. Or the prophet Jeremiah. Therefore, God shows the revelation of the meaning of the seventh years, which would be seventh weeks. And also about the end of the Babylonian captivity. When God constitutes the prophet, his voice echoes. Echoes? Echoes. E-C-H-O-E-S. Echoes. Thank you. Echoes. Because it's God's word. Brothers and sisters, today we can see that the church of Jesus Christ on earth has been constituted as God's people and the gates of hell will not prevail over us. That is because the head of the church, the supreme leader, is the true prophet, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because Jesus Christ is known by God, consecrated by God, and constituted by God. Moreover, any, in the, this preaching about the true prophet, we need to know a little more that all the other prophets in the Old Testament were just a reflection of the great, the true prophet, Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, because God himself recognized him. After all, Jesus said, Jesus said that no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the, the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So, He is the, the, the prophet, the true prophet, who is known to God and He distributed that knowledge to everybody who has heard His voice saying, Come to me. Come to me, all who labor in our heavy land, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly heart, and will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my bird is light. The true prophet is Jesus Christ because he's known, he's known by God. The true prophet, Jesus Christ, because God himself consecrated him. And he was sent, he was sent his, with this mission to save sinners like us. And make us free from sin's power. All this because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Look at what the Peter says in Acts Chapter 2, verse 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for sure that God has made him, Jesus Christ, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Let us look as well the passage, Acts chapter 10, verse 42. Peter says, and he commanded to the preach, to us to preach to the people and to testify that. He is the one 
appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. The true prophet is called Jesus Christ, the Lord of all life, the South Southern and northern kingdoms received God's judgment because of their disobedience. And they were sent into Babylonian captivity for seven years. Brothers and sisters, we disobeyed God's law. We broke the holy commandment. And our disobedience, the consequence for our sins would be their eternal death. Our destiny would be hell. However, our true prophet took upon himself our sins. The wrath of God that should be poured out upon me and you. Jesus Christ received. Jesus delivered us from eternal condemnation. Today we are not captive in the Babylon of hell. Because Jesus delivered us. Kept us, protect us and died in our place to give us life and life and abundance. Friend. If you are listening to the Lord's words this morning. Through the preaching. Babylon will not be your final destination. Jesus Christ has the power to deliver you for eternal hell. Jesus has the power to forgive your sins and make you free from the chains of the bondage, bondage of sin forever. If you believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, I will say it again. Babylon will not be your final destination. May God bless us this morning. Amen.